episode 16, a new Arrowverse show premiered on the CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in their shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and their progression from season one. This week, Legion of Friends with Benefits. Are those the, the cement shoes? Yes, they are. Our first literal face-off. And Force Ghost Land! Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the legends of next week. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Eden. I use she, her pronouns. And I am Kate, also using she, her pronouns. We're so glad to be back with you this week. We're glad to have Eden back with us. Welcome back. Uh, okay to sort of be back. Well, what episode did we uh, bring Eden back for? Bring Eden back. It sounds like a survivor thing. <laughs> we voted you off. That's not true. I didn't get voted off, I swear. Just this the... is not Exile Island. Family but family. what episode are we with this week, Kate? Well, we are on season two, episode eight. The Chicago Way. We are picking up from the crossover, essentially. We are this... heading to the second half of the season that is excellent. Well, this, this is the is... season. Sorry, this is the winter finale. Yeah, you're right. This will... I was just going to say the same thing. This was the winter finale. This is probably... This is a great episode. It's one of my faves. Can I just say... Um... Every time when we watch the intro and we see Leonard getting blown up, I feel like that's a personal attack on me. Mood. It is rude. It is very rude to keep on showing that to us. It is also, you know, the joke always, you see a scene from like five weeks ago in the intro and you're like, oh, now they're bringing this back. This time, it actually meant something. It did. We got the amulet stuff, and um, we got mentions of our special girl. And then of our MacGuffin of the second half of the season. What a fun episode. This episode has a lot of great dynamics that we play with that we don't necessarily get to see all the time. We get a lot of Sarah and Stein, which I feel like we we don't get a lot of. Yeah. We we didn't get a lot of it in season one. No, and and honestly, because when we get to season three and stuff, we see more of it, and why she's so upset with what happens to him is because we get to see that relationship. So, I hate it here. You hate it here. <laughs> but this is a fun one, um, because I've been to Chicago, almost I um a couple plenty of times, um, so. I am somewhat familiar with some of the history in the area, but we jump in to 1927 in Chicago with some mobsters and their submachine guns walking down the dock, strutting like a runway. 
Not gonna I, lie, back when my Christian Slater phase was around, I had a hyperfixation on mobsters because of mobsters. I read all about like Lucky Luciano and stuff. And who are they looking to meet on this dock? It's they. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> they end up. <laughs> they end up meeting. Damien Dark and Abar Thawne. And at the front of the mobsters is Al Capone. Damien okay. Dark looks good in that suit. Yeah, listen to me. Damien Dark looks good in the suit. Mm-hmm. Abar Thawne <laughs> looks good in the suit. I have to say it's very disconcerting um, having seen um, Neil play Damien Dark well, and then having earlier seen a promo for 911 Lone Star and knowing that he is part of that show now, too. What? He's in yes. everything. He's in 911 Lone Star. I'm not kidding. I think Rob Lowe's character punched him. I haven't seen Oh, man. Three. I was Whoa. hoping they would fire I... Rob Lowe and just put, like the old. <laughs> no, literally. It's very. And I recently wa- rewatched the movie Ravenous, where he plays a soldier that gets eaten by a cannibal who is played by the guy that was. Rumble still to get a once upon a time. Amazing. Are you amazing? I need mean... <laughs> my dad my, my dad my dad is currently Robert watching... Carlisle ate Damien yeah. Dark. He Look, did. My dad's I currently watching Band of Brothers, which also has Neil. He has the... <laughs> And then my parents were watching Yellowstone and he's there. He's there he's too. Everywhere. He's just talented. Wasn't he also in that Tin Man series too? Yeah, that's a good series. The Tin Man series is really good. (laughs) So if you if you have um, the gang mentioning other medias, you can take your shot now (laughs) on your bingo card. (laughs) They're here meeting Al Capone, who's here with his boys. I have to say because this is really distracting. The entire time I was watching the show. Why does Al Capone look like Paul Dano? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I didn't even think of that. It's supposed to be before the Valentine Massacre, right? Oh, God, my history's really bad. And well, this is. Here, so. It's before he was sent to. It's before his Alcatraz and syphilitic era. Yeah, it's before he ended up in Eastern State Pen, which was a whole different thing. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it's before, because before the Valentine Massacre, I would like. Wasn't it? So it's, um, they, they mentioned the date later on. It's October. So it's October. So it makes sense of the raincoats. It's cold as heck in Chicago. It's very distracting that, like, I, I guess he looks like Paul Dano, but he seems very young. And I guess Al Capone actually wasn't that old. I don't know. I didn't. I, I, was, I had time to do research, and fortunately, I did not. I I tried. I failed this week when it came to research. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. Look, again, the things I know about Capone, you couldn't catch him except for tax evasion. And the poor man ended up with syphilis and dying from it. I don't know if I really feel oh, bad for someone who organized that. a massacre. <laughs> he also punched his teacher in the face when he oh, was guess. in middle school or something. Like he got kicked out of school for it. Yeah, that, that, that'll do it. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, so Al Capone says, you didn't tell me it was Halloween. And this is <laughs> okay. We mentioned it in the intro, Legion of Friends with Benefits. They are hardcore flirting. There's some, listen, it's not established, but well, we, we the, get it the, later. Well, the we lip get hand, it later. but also there's a fuck buddy vibe going on. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when he says you or me. Yeah. When Damien and then, says that to Aobard. And then when a season progresses, yes, it's definitely like very very sexual tension there. This is panogram if they were both already the scum of the earth. And Bold I- of you to assume my favorite ship aren't reprehensible enough already. <laughs> uh, well, I think, oh, I think there's a difference between Will Graham and Damien Dark and Aobar Thawne. Yeah, oh, well, Aobar Thawne just... Wait. Will Graham is not a Nazi, so he has that. That's true. Well, that's what. I, well, I was gonna say. On another note, yeah, Aobard Thawne may have tried to systematically destroy Barry Allen's life from the inside out, but did he eat anybody? Not that we know of. Not that we know of. Yes, because when Al Capone says, they, "You didn't tell me it was Halloween," Aobard Thawne says, "Actually, it's more like Christmas." And then he turns to Aobard Thawne, "How? How was that? That was great." <laughs> Excuse me. We love a supportive friend with benefits. Um, right in front of my salad. <laughs> and historians but, but, will but, call them. But then, <laughs> then you have a dark and um, dreamy character come from the, into the light. And who is it, people? It is Malcolm Merlin. He's founding our, 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 our threesome, literally. He's here and He's queer. Listen, <laughs> you're so right. He is. Well, I mean, it's like, listen, I think John Berman was a really great addition to. Oh my Lost God. I tomorrow. love John. John's such a fun guy. They, have, the three of them, have such great scene chemistry. They do. And we see that the further in we get. And I can't wait to talk about um, the 10th episode because they're what, because on the Legion of Doom episode, I think that might be my favorite episode this season. Oh, is that when we add our, our special person into the mix? No, he's not. He, no, no, he's. Oh, he I love when later. they add, add that person later. That's good oh, too. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, so um, Malcolm's here, and they don't really offer an explanation for why he's here. And. Honestly, I feel like, eh, they're bad guys. We're just gonna you know what? Go. Malcolm just wants to be gay and do crime. And was, and, well, there's a little more to that, too. I'm not trying to defend Malcolm Merlin in any capacity. No, I it, mean, it he, literally... This is I, a man who literally... This is a man who attempted... Who basically is responsible for yeah. a serious death toll, including yeah, yeah. his own son, just to seek revenge. Um... Quote me, me, me if I'm wrong. This is when he was trying, after he was trying to forge a relationship with Thea and that got screwed up because he's 
she was really his daughter. So I feel like yeah. he's trying to fix things because he really did want that relationship in some kind of way. I think in the Legion of Doom episode, we know like which Merlin this is, but he does have the fake hand. So it's after those events. Oliver Oliver chopped that thing off. You know <laughs> that what? was valid. You know what, though? I that think... was during season four, wasn't it? Yeah. I think, like, we see Damien Dark later have his regrets. I think Malcolm Merlin also has his, too. As Eobard has never regretted anything. No, no but as... Eobard is a pity bitch. But I'm just saying, as fathers, both of them, I think they have regrets of what they did with their children. Eobard is not a father. That's why he can't be because Barry Allen is the third person in all of his relationships. So anyway, we kind of leave this crew. We scare them off for a bit. After they're all just sitting there like "Hmm, bros being evil. So back on the wave rider, Ray and Nate are sparring in the cargo bay. Just bros. Being petty. Bros. Being petty bros. And it's they're just ruining two dudes the hanging cargo out. bay. They're not six feet apart. They might be gay. They might be. Anyway, though, um, apparently Ray's trying to work out the kinks in his new suit. Nate's kind of egging him on and joking around. And Ray's like, beginner's luck. And, and then, then mom Jack's comes in. No, Jack's the disappointing father who's disappointed in his children and then mom being ultimate Sarah being ultimate mom right there. Like, you kids, I better not find you doing something you're not supposed to be doing. I got my eyes on you. The fact that this reminds me of something I watched this morning (laughs) makes me giggle. I didn't say it. (laughs) But, um, Sarah kind of Sarah's using her what I call her mom voice, and I love that Jack refers to it as his cargo bay. It's he's that I mean he's that was I him being it. dad, and that was being her being mom. Like we are so disappointed in you, children. Do not wreck that cargo bay. We're not trying to put gender roles, but that's the vibe we're getting. <laughs> it is such vibe. Time parents. I feel like Sarah's definitely the person that goes, I have eyes in the back of my head and I will be watching you. Although we did see Sarah reach her wine mom arc in season seven. We did. Well, I will agree to the eyes in the back of the head because as soon as she leaves there, um, they start mocking her and, yeah, gotta do it back to Cargo Bay. She's like, what was that? So maybe come down here again. Do you have something to say to me? Do you? No. Ugh. And Sarah, Sarah, Jax is confused because he's an only child. So Sarah explains, like, okay, this is what we call sibling rivalry. You want to show that you're the alpha sibling. I don't know what else to call it. It's true. That's it's just true. what it is. But, um, I mean, when you think about it, Nate is an only child. Ray is a twin. <laughs> I was about to say, isn't it? Right, we have invisible Sydney. Sydney, oh, Sid- never. Oh, exists. Sydney, where art thou? Man, that Man imagine if Sydney came back in season eight. 
They're like, we have required Ray Palmer. It's this just Ray Palmer. It's just, it's just Brandon with a goatee. <laughs> no, I'm Sydney. Oh my god, is this Star Trek uni- Mirror Universe Ray? Like, yes. the bag? Yeah, okay. No, 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 because Star because if it was the Mirror Universe, Ray would be already said beard so okay yeah, yeah. Well, he he'd probably have a beard but he'd also probably have a body count again mirror universe but i i think the concept of an evil ray is really great and not just because of the theories he floated before about who he's most like <laughs> we're gonna make you wait this time to check off that box on this podcast <laughs> While Jax and Sarah are chatting, uh, talking about that, Stein's out here looking at a picture of Lily. In the library. Love his daughter. So cute. It's it's really sweet that um, we see Martin from the crossover going from um, wanting to make, wanting to fix the timeline, wanting to get rid of the static, which is an aberration, to accepting her, and we'll talk about that more later in the episode. But it's it's really sweet to see that. Yeah, and he's getting more flashbacks of what he met in his life too. During this I I time. crack up when about how he is the worst liar of them all when Jax comes in and he says, "Oh, I'm just reading." Motorcycle repairs. Just read. Great, you ride. <laughs> I, yeah, Jax is great. He just calls him out. He's like, "You may be smart, but you're the worst liar." Because Stein says he's getting new memories of Lily every day. He's also getting the parental anxiety that goes along with that. Because it's like time fixing itself. Because he didn't have any memory of her beauty. Yeah, he's. It's. I don't know what you want. I don't know. There's not a technical term for it, but I do love that um, Jax again <laughs> takes the times like you, you spent more time counseling yourself and about, about love and less time putting about putting out a condom. <laughs> I, he just keeps reading. They're married, Jax. I know, but, but like again, I, okay. There's a I, obviously there's a reason that before Lisa and Martin didn't have a child, and I think it was because he didn't want one because of his yeah. childhood, because of his childhood and how crap. Which we learn more about. Yeah, so he probably didn't want one, and he probably did use contraception, but he was so wanting to show his wife how much he loved her that he said. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's like, okay. I'm worried about her. I'm worried about if something happens while I'm gone, and I don't know. But no one's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. You're gonna know. <laughs> How will they know? You're gonna know. Jax has the question of, aren't you gonna tell Sarah? Because our job about the timeline. And Stein says, well, tech- like I know she's technically an aberration, but as long as she doesn't have a huge impact on history, everything should be fine. And I feel like, I mentioned this last time, she did make herself essential as a war criminal. 
Good for her. But it's not. But she wasn't up there being honored, so no one knows what she did. She is the she is the goddamn Rosalind Franklin. She's Einstein's ex-wife. Oh my yes. god! The history book on the shelf. There's always oh. repeating itself. Oh god! And then when he says that, all of a sudden the the alarm goes off, and he's like, Jax is like. See, 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 you should tell them. Mixed response, like, who installed that alarm? I'll kill him. I feel that. I felt that. That's me having to wake up in the morning. <laughs> is Mick That's... not all of us? On Mick is the day. realest character, to be honest. That, I, that is me every day, except on Wednesday. Because <laughs> Mick is not singing in the morning. Every day I wake up. Not then I start to break. I don't remember the lyrics of the song. Lonely is a man about love. Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, we miss your fine ass. And Jake. And Jake. Oh yeah, that bitch. I miss him. <laughs> but I love Stein trying to calm everyone down. Like, oh, like it's just a little aberration. Everything's fine. And he's like, it's fine. An aberration. And then when like Gideon's like it's in 1927, he's like, it's that's great. Really, that's that's a relief. But it's and I'm like, what do you do, man? I do like that they mentioned that they have they're very specific that it takes that it was it's happening at Union Station, and then um uh sorry I lost my train of thought for a second, but. When we see Union Station, it's that same generic outside building front. I'm pretty sure they use it for the for the um, asylum in season three too. That, yeah. that we know that from Supernatural. So yeah, yes. that thing is literally. This is how you can tell that it's a CW joint. Yep. I just want to pause and say, right before we go and see the 1920s, we get one of Sarah's first grab your so-and-sos. Yeah. Oh, love that. Mick yeah, doesn't her, give... first, her first send-up, send-off line. Mick yeah. doesn't give a rat's ass until they mention, like, okay, well, it's Chicago in the 1920s, it's full of activity, and then he's it. But then dress him up like a cop. I don't think he was too happy about that. He, he, no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't really dressed up as a cop. He was what? more dressed up as a conductor. I thought. Oh, I don't also think he was sad. happy about that. <laughs> I, Amaya's got this amazing like robe dress oh, on. I mean, her outfits that, are always the best. The but... red. I love the red hat. That is gorgeous. Her excitement to be in Chicago during 1927 because she's like, my mom had pictures of this time and i always wanted to go i love amaya i i that's a thing because amaya got sidelined in the crossover massively she got uh and she's they kind of and we see it in this episode too a little bit i feel like they keep her on the ship a lot even though this is a time like i mean she was probably born around this time ish but they keep her on the sideline a lot, and it really irritates. It, it's something I noticed. Okay, I why I didn't um, notice there's earlier, a but... um, Kendra, um, <laughs> Amaya, and I, and I don't know. I don't know if it's just. A I feel like they did that thing, to Zari a lot too, or a woman of color thing too. 
had more things to do in 1927 than on the ship this time. But um, Nate and Ray are getting their shoes shined, and then they see Elliot. (laughs) Please share this fact you inflicted on us. Okay, so I don't know who plays Elliot Ness here, but you all know I am the timeless buff here. Uh, please go watch the first two seasons. Don't watch the movie. It's not worth it. It just kind of makes you, it made me mad. Um, you want to see a character's that actually get thrown away? Go ahead and watch it. No, but, um, I like Rufus and I don't want anything bad to happen. Oh, honey. Oh, I don't want to know. Oh, oh honey. I don't want to know. I don't oh, want to know. Honey. Oh, honey. Um, but Timeless also had an episode where they go to Chicago and they also had Elliot Ness in that episode. Elliot Ness on Timeless was played by Misha Collins. You know, the CW's um Okay, boy. I have a question. Did they have one of their same, boys? Did he have the same trench coat as the Castiel trench coat? Oh, or no? no, but he did know, but um so they had him, I don't remember the year it was, but it was before he could bust Capone. And what happened was because of um, Garcia Flynn, my favorite meow meow. Okay, one of my favorite. I have a type when it comes to meow meows. I'm just realizing that and I need to go talk. To, I'm going to have to talk about this with you guys afterwards. That Elliot Ness and Timeless like, gets gunned down in an apartment. Which I find is really funny. Valid timeline, as we find out later, likes to forcibly remove Elliot Ness. Yes. <laughs> look, look. He, he, what did he do except for get Al Capone on tax evasion? That's what? pretty much it. Yeah, oh, exactly. He, the, the Cleveland Torso murders. What he? No, was... he burnt down a homeless. I know, I'm being... Uh, he's not a great facetious. dude. I'm being facetious about it. He did even solve a crime. A-cow. <laughs> I do... It is funny how you mentioned that Elliot Ness gets taken out in Timeless. He's about to get taken out in this show because as he's walking past, Nate tries to go and say, oh, Mr. Ness, we, someone's here. Oh, no, Ray's there. Ray like, yeah. up and he's like, <laughs> help he sees people he goes well nate has him go follow nestus help him save him from capone's <laughs> guys and then the two officers were like well we'll escort you to the fbi building and he's like the bureau okay Thank good you. job guys and then like nate gets really pissed off because apparently no, chicago police department was the most corrupt police department like again people surprise actually um departments are corrupt (laughs) but okay technically in the 20s chicago cops were corrupt and whether that persists this day i i don't have enough information for Um, but um probably it's like yeah but also remember um la has had its la's police department has also had its fair share of corruption too um new york to yeah it it comes with the territory you 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 go into it you're gonna get some of it out i think is wherever the mafia was they had police 
on the take. At I all times. Place that the mafia ran. I thought you were to say they worked for the mafia. Without no, them. She worked for a place that was a front for the mafia, though. Yeah. But you were, if you looked at like John Gotti, all that other stuff. John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know things. No. Um, but you, speaking, you paid off the police. You did. You mm-hmm. Well, they even make like the joke, and this like, oh, Elliot he doesn't look like Kevin Costner. Yeah, The Untouchables, eighty-seven. Never seen that film. So me and Kate have homework. I have to see it. Though. I did see I Monsters, have a lot of homework. which I don't think Elliot Ness was in. But, I have three yeah. movies I have to see. I have to see Untouchables. I have to see The Menu, and I have to see Magic Mike. Oh, you yeah. I've been given assignments, okay. I have to see the menu too. It's on HBO Max, so I have to go. That's so good. But uh, it is kind of weird. They're like, oh man, we lost Elliot Ness. Oh well, back to the ship. Like, we're not gonna try and follow them. They're just well actually well actually well they did try, but Martin Oh right. (laughs) Martin had a Martin had a senior moment. He no, did. Martin had where he had a flashback of Lily in her stroller, which again cute. It was really cute. We saw like a whole series of like images flash by that. I was like, ah, and Martin's also like in that bliss of not remembering, and Jax was the one right after it. And Jax is and like, right. oh. <laughs> yep. So when they get back, um. Jax is trying to um, get Stein to fess up. Like, yeah, what was the deal, Gray? And then he kind of got interrupted, which is because Gideon has news. Well, no, oh, they oh. they blamed it on Ray. First. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but Gideon has news, bringing up this article of Al Cap- Mayor Capone welcomes Oktoberfest, which I found doubly funny because yes. I'm not German, but a lot of Oktoberfest is about drinking, right? Like, you're just yes. drinking a lot of beer. Generally, and yeah, it takes, it takes place during Prohibition. Prohibition. But why is he mayor? Couldn't he just well, get rid of Prohibition? Just... Well, hang on. Oh, hold on. Um, So, what I is... cannot remember when the 21st Amendment came out. Oh, because that yeah. was the one that repealed prohibition. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think That's... it was in the 30s, though. The paper yeah, was dated in, in 1931. So we probably September yeah. 1931, because that's when Oktoberfest is traditionally celebrated. But okay. what? Okay. Um, what is what is Mayor Capone? Just is he's just Mayor Cobblepot, isn't he? <laughs> well, of course he is, absolutely. But also, what you can think of if the historical impact of if Capone is going to be mayor, how does that affect? Um, I mean, because 31, you're in the Great Depression now. Did the Great Depression happen sooner? Did the 21st Amendment happen sooner? Or or it's- did the Rat Pack not have to, like, go to Vegas? They just went to Chicago. That's a oh. question. Also, the Untouchables never gets made. <laughs> which is oh, no. one of the things they're concerned about. There's probably, it probably, if that timeline happened, you have biopics about Al Capone, and um, you probably have some, they're probably, like, instead of um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Or actually, you probably actually you would have you would have Leonardo DiCaprio playing um Jake or Hoover. You'd have Leonardo DiCaprio playing Al Capone. I love Gideon's response to uh, 
uh, Mr. Capone has become something much worse than a criminal. A politician. She's right. She's so real for that. We we love Gideon being aware that there are politicians who are scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. Gideon, anarchist confirmed. I would love to see Gideon reacting to the um, those 15 votes that were cast a couple weeks. The, well, the 15 voting sessions that were happening a couple like weeks ago. I did like Gary to go on a deserted island and didn't care about that. Which valid. <sighs> valid for them. We cut back to Al Capone, Paul Dano. He really looks like Paul Dano. Oh, sure. I I'm un- I can't believe it. I still need to see the Batman too. That's another movie on my list. Ooh, it's good. Watch it. So, uh, welcome, Mister Ness, to Chicago. We've brought you some cement galoshes. I believe they'll fit you quite well. I love yeah. mobster dialogue. Also, Ness is like Ness's face looks like a piece of meat. He is beaten up. He, they really kicked. The we're crap gonna out of make this you people. We're gonna make you sleep with the fishes. They means. they really said a cab. Uh, but they makes the one that says, "Yeah, he's swimming with the fishes." And Nate has a line, "Nick, you beautiful genius," which would be nice because until you think of what happens later in the episode, was like Nate says. So mean. But they realize that oh, this is because Nate Irwin's this is what Capone likes to do. He likes to take people down to the dock, tie some, tie some sets and blocks their the shoes, bay. and then whoopsies, toss them in the brig. Look, look, they still never found like Jimmy Hoffa's body. So that's. I still think season eight, we would have seen Jimmy Hoffa in Space Jail. Yeah, that would have been. Listen, we already used Amelia Earhart. So. We should have had Amelia Earhart in Space Jail. I'm really mad at Legends for what they did to Amelia Earhart. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, when Mick, when they're like, Mick, you're a genius. About time somebody noticed. That hurt a little. Yeah. Um, but I, I was doing a little bit of research. Apparently, there's like no evidence that we really did cement shoes. No, I. There isn't, but the mob would use uh, the, you know. So we see Elliot Ness up on the pier, and I love uh, Capone's little bad guy monologue. Uh, then he goes, Welcome to Chicago. Just shoves him in when the legends show up. The legends show up too late. Uh, Capone's classic, Get them, boys. <laughs> And Elliot Amaya. Ness is out cold for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Amaya, Amaya. Sorry. Um, Amaya, we hear the Vixen theme in the background, and I do love, I love whenever we hear the Vixen theme. She takes on the Ashy of a Dolphin and dives in to go retrieve him. Those are so cool. Uh, we say it every episode. These are the cool powers. It is the cool powers. I don't think we used it enough, though. Mm-mm. It's kind of like- Kind of like Nate healing up. They didn't use it as much as they could have, probably because of money. So they managed to scare Capone's men away, and Capone gets away. Amaya's Amaya has saved Elliot Ness, who's real unconscious, suffering from almost drowning. So it wouldn't I don't just feel be drowning for him. Oh uh, no, it's not just the drowning though. Like with that much force, like your eardrums are gone. Yes, he's in the medical bay now. But before yep. this, we do see Damien. It's Damien Dark, right? 
Yes, he's it like is. hiding in his little bed and says, Merlin was right. They took the bait. Okay, who has the yep. one brace cell between the three of them? I think Eobard has the brain cell. But sometimes Malcolm has the brain cell. And then Damien. They do change. Because, you know, sometimes Aoberthon has the brain cell, but then, like, he he's thinking too much, and he needs when to he, sit when, down. He, when, he, when he shits his pants, that's when he loses it. That's yeah. true. That happens. They're, so they're trying to fix up Elliot Ness. He's out cold. He's got brain damage from almost drowning. Poor Gideon have, has to fix that. Gideon can um, reverse and brain damage, which I guess he has to, like, simulate reproduction of brain cells for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just thinking about the flower from Rapunzel and then, like, Gideon singing that damn song. What the heck, no. Uh, we should have had that in the jokes. Um, but, what? um, Nate has a very snide comment about Nick, too. Look, again, they never learn from season two. Do not make fun of they Nick. never... Like, learned. The no. line is you can fix brain damage. Why haven't you fixed Rory yet? That's so unnecessary. And, and considering yeah. what goes on in this episode with Mick and his, you know, issues not cool, no, mate. Not cool. One person re- was even trying to remotely reach out. And I can't wait to get into this issues. I have a quick note here. Sarah's in braids for a lot of the first part of this episode. I like it. Sarah doesn't wear braids enough. I think they're fun. Yes. I also like considering that. season one, Sarah had real bad hair. Yeah. I think they quit on the wigs as much as they did on season one. Which yay. Yeah. But they have they have to figure out um what to do because Ellie Ness is out of commission. This plan is really funny. The idea, like, yeah, I'm gonna impersonate Elliot Ness. It's before the internet. Nobody knows what anyone looks like. That's so funny in how true that is. Like, I honestly, like that's kind is. of hilarious. Can we, can we also laugh that Nate had to impersonate, like, two, like, Elliot Ness and J. Edgar Hoover? Hoover? Yeah. Both. Yeah. And, um, Nate and Ray were arguing about who got to be Elliot Ness. And Ray's like, doesn't this look like the face of a G-Man? It's like, Right? No. No. <laughs> well, yeah. and then, but the funny thing is, Brandon did go on after this play a dirty cop on the rookie. Yeah. He's but, got, he's got a goody two shoes face. Which honestly, I'm gonna, which honestly is like, um, well, well, it's like, I know the character is not a good character, but good for you, Brandon, on how, on your death. Well, he did also play an evil boyfriend for Scott Pilgrim. That's true. Yeah. Oh, and he was, wasn't he evil on Chuck, too? Yes. Yes. So he can do evil. He's got range. Nate's got CW face, so (laughs) he gets to be. How do we never see Nick Zano on Supernatural? Because you already had. That's the dark time. If Al Capone became mayor, that's our timeline. I don't know how that event happens, but that's one of them. I mean, no disrespect at all by saying that. I'm just, it's just kind of like, it's like, I I mean, just feel like everyone's been on Supernatural, but like, not everyone's been on Supernatural. Every American actor has been on Law and Order or CW. 
Maisie has been on the originals too. I remember yes. that because um, my friend told me about that. Fun fact: um, Adam was on an episode of I Zombie. Oh yeah. I don't know. I know when we spoke to Eric, he literally was like, "Everybody in Canada is on either CW or Supernatural." Yeah. We we know Wentworth has been on Law and Order. Thank God he wasn't on Supernatural. But That's... but like, look, if you're if you also were on Law and Order, you were also on Oz. Yeah, a lot of actors that were on Law and Order ended up on or Oz. Or you were so. on Hannibal. It's just weird. <laughs> Hannibal was prestige television. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they don't. Time Master Drews was on Hannibal. That's what we have. Although you do have interview oh with the vampires, so kind of wrong. I yeah, you you made me start rewatching Hannibal, and I, I was, can't I'm gonna you. start rewatching too. So there this you go. is my design. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I love Mick sitting in the corner, going like, "I can't Mick dress up as a in cop." The corner. <laughs> Does his face look like a cop? He doesn't want to go. And honestly, I respect that, Nick. I'm done playing dress up. But he goes, he's just sitting there because he he wants to commit crime. This is he, this is definitely Mick is dealing with um drama. Nick's going Nick's going through some shit right now. Um and he has trauma. Yeah. And uh that's not easy to honestly um I mean I haven't been in a situation where like he like he has but um it can be really debilitating like you don't want to do anything okay um having just recently gone through this no you don't want to do shit you just want to lay there and be in bed and not think of things that's what you want to do and I mean, I don't, I mean, this, and we'll get, and, but yeah, Mick's psyche is definitely very interesting to examine in season two. Even though we have said Mick is one of the most inconsistent characters, it's still interesting to examine his psyche. Well, also, again, literally Len died for him. Mm-hmm. He was willing to die. He got that taken away by his best friend when he already decided this is going to be my last day. And then Leonard pushed him out of the way. Mm-hmm. So he was already suicidal. But also, um, this is another um, time where we see that Sarah is saying, okay, Amaya, you're going to stay behind and watch him now. It's like, really? Why? <laughs> She's getting the- Amaya got Mick Duty a lot, and honestly, she's the best person to have Mick Duty because she actually likes Mick out of everybody yes. in the in the She she and Mick have a good bond. Yeah. A certain bond. Yeah. Profound bond. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I will not cite the deep magic here. When uh Ray and Nick are Nick. Nick. Ray and Nate. Uh, there you go. Are out. He's like, hello, I am Elliot Ness. This is Agent Bob De Niro. This is Bob De Niro. Which, um, reference. Because, um, Robert De Niro was Capone in The Untouchables. Another great tradition of being famous actors slash characters. 
Yes, yeah, so, sound off in the sound off in the replies in the tweet. Who is your favorite iteration of Capone? I mean, jo- the jo- the genre thought was pretty good. I I I'm partial to um, Joe Latrulio on uh, Drug History too, though. The boys are maybe they're going to try and do a raid on one of Capone's speakeasies. Is the reason they are getting the G men together. And at the speakeasy, we have Sarah and Martin and Jax. Oh, Martin. Sweet summer child. <laughs> He's so everything. funny. The scene was great because so, there's I no alcohol there. You need to know how to order it. And it like, gets laid over. Yeah. I would like a club soda. And they literally give him a club <laughs> soda because he's like, this is a club soda. That and was just, some great like, acting from Victor Garber right there. Said, I'm like, dude, what do you think you were going to get? Like, yeah, they wouldn't, if they were selling alcohol, like, it wouldn't be in the open. You'd need to go oh, to a different yeah, room exactly. in the basement. There would be a secret password that you would have yeah. to say to get in. No, Martin, this is not how it works. Also, Sarah's um little outfit in here. That cigarette was girl's outfit. Cigarette girl was such a good outfit, and she's going around while Martin's dealing with the club soda and talking with Jax again about the Lily situation. Well, things go sideways there, but should we? Well, they go to Mick and Amaya. We cut to Mick and Amaya first. Yeah, before things go bad. Yeah, which which is the start. Of hurty, so much hurt. This is where we, this is where Everybody we find out that um, Amaya is checking in on Mitch. She's like, "Oh, I'm really surprised you didn't want to go." And they are in the med bay, but and they're just kind of watching Ness, just watching him sleep. But um, Amaya reveals like she used to want to be a cop, and so Amaya, that was like, no. A-cab. Amaya, why? A-cab. No. Especially because they're in the origins of the place, so. Yeah. No, A-cab, man. And even but, Mick's um, like, well, why? But why? Thank goodness so real. Thank goodness that didn't happen. But, um. And then she goes. She leaves. And, and then, then we, we hear, see. We see the first horse ghost. Does that count as our Star Wars reference? Yes, I did. It is. Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh my god, it was Eden this time. How long was it? <laughs> oh, we I don't know. We might have made it a good 40 minutes this time. We did good. We did pretty good. We I had it I, I made inferences, but I never directly made one. That was probably our first. But yeah, one. he is the Obi-Wan here. He has no help. He's, at he's, all. He's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not so much his Obi-Wan, it's his old Ben Kenobi era. Yeah, where, yeah true, because old like, Ben. I never said. I, if it, if what I told you was true from a certain, a certain point, point of view. Of view. Yeah. Oh, man. But Thank he's you, like, Alec Guinness. He is literally part of Mick's brain that's telling him he's a horrible person. Taking orders like a puppy. Oh, God. The way... Wentworth Miller mm. says that. Uh, ah! Well, come on now. She says, like, whatever. He's like, I'm here to set you straight. I laughed at that part because, um, <laughs> you know, he's there, your delivery but... there. Your delivery. You can do I feel like he has anything. Anything. that on purpose. He's like, but um, anything but. <laughs> but also, we hear Mick say Leonard here. 
he's always been snart or boss. Right. We actually Mick is so rattled that he says Leonard, and as soon as Leonard disappears, he just chugs the rest of the beer. Again, it's it's a good scene because we know this is uh Mick's subconscious version of Leonard is not really Leonard. But back so while we're, while we're left processing the return of Wentworth Miller. And right before um, Oh, I mean it. No, go ahead, go ahead. But like right before Snart Ghost appeared and Amaya was talking about, yeah, I always wanted to go be a cop left. And it's like bad guys have more fun. He did. Which is great. He says that <laughs> and then immediately Snart shows up like, excuse me? He we, we will see that Force Ghost Len. He's always pretty jealous. Appear. He always appears after Amaya is with Mick. Because his husband's seeing somebody else and he's not happy about it, okay? I can't have you. There, no one listen, however you interpret Mick and Amaya, they, they, are, they, have, a, they have a connection. They're, they have a profound love, bond. I, I can't believe I said that to you. I am full of regrets. But uh, Dark kind of busts in on the speakeasy. What was it called? Like the Chelsea joint or something like that? The Chelsea, yeah. And Eobard. Such a boring Eobard. name. And there's uh-huh. Sarah. What are squares? When the bureau comes in. What are squares like you doing in a place like this? I love the idiot government agents that come in headed by our idiots. They're like, you are under arrest for violation of the Volstead Act. And they're like, there's no alcohol here, my friend. There's no alcohol. The guy's like, you have a terrible inside, man. Again. And then, and then everybody gets away, except for Sarah and Marty. Sarah and Marty are in a warehouse. Which, then they get an offer that they can't refuse, or maybe they do refuse. (laughs) We go to, like, a real quick, oh my god, everybody got stolen. We're back on the way ride. Mick goes, nah, nah. You can't think like a G-man. You can't think like a cop. We gotta think like criminals. Yeah. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong here. He's telling that, but yeah, he's, so Mick gives that, I don't think Mick gave that, did Mick give that speech? Yeah, Mick does still, it's gotta think like criminals. They wanna get, but now they realize, okay, we gotta get our hands on Capone's ledger, because that's the thing that's gonna get him thrown in jail. The tax evasion is what the what the, he's finally okay, going to get. This still on. gets me, people. The man committed the biggest massacre ever, and he gets to go to jail for a freaking tax evasion. Welcome to bull bullcrap USA. But that happened hey, with the last. But you know what? You will, they will get you for nothing else but taxes. I know, but yeah. that's that's what literally happened to a lot of mobsters. They never got caught with the bad stuff. It was always like tax evasion. Yeah. Also, um, I do love that Jax immediately went to Rip's armory and got the speedster gun. He's Jax- not here to play. Jax is so great. Him. Jax has the brain cell when Sarah's gone. That's what it he is. He does. But, like, the thing on the tax evasion, like, that's why if the ledger was at the Chelsea, it was there, because that was the only clean club. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to commit crimes. You can't commit two at the same time. No. Mm-hmm. Only get caught for one. But, that, but, that's but like, like Nate, Nate does say that, like, Capone had great membership, apparently. So, Sarah and Marty, they're hanging out. 
They're <laughs> hanging out. Are they hanging out? <laughs> okay. They're, they're, they're literally. All right, they're uh, a little tied, tied up. Chairs. Okay. <laughs> they're a little tied up in the warehouse. And then I'm... Malcolm Merlin enters the venue. <laughs> I do love they mentioned that Dark is a predictable bedfellow of Capone. No, no, no. Capone's on his bedfellow. That's Aobar, who's his bedfellow. And also Merlin. But they don't know Merlin's there. Until yeah, well, now. he comes in because he wants to broker a deal for that amulet in exchange for getting, he's like, well, if, if you give me this, Sarah, I'll give you nine years of your life back. You look That's good honestly, for being dead. Again, this is that like, too. I feel like, I feel like Eobar promised that Tommy would be alive again. Mm-hmm. And we do see that too. Because again, he had an up and down relationship with his son, but he truly do- did love his son. And there is a part of him that loved Thea too. And I think if he could do it all over again, he would do it different. He's offering a clean slate. But if, what I really like about this is that it's a kind of a nice parallel back to Invasion when Oliver and Barry were talking at the end how a normal life would be nice, but it wouldn't be full. It wouldn't be complete. Like, honestly. And Sarah he... says, I'm not meant for a normal life. Yeah, this was really cool because he gave him her the, like, look, you could get Laurel back. You could go to college. You could find a nice girl or guy, or guy or girl to marry. Yes. Malcolm Merlin is very ally. A very ally. ally here. I mean, we know that he's say hi, ally. Yeah, he is. Ally. <laughs> like in that way, he's a little bit better than Damien Dark because I don't think yeah. and he would accept you for who you were. But the thing <laughs> the is standards are real low here. <laughs> he's listening to a lot of lady gaga okay he is (laughs) but like he does he's like offering sarah the life she could have had and she goes no i don't want this because i'm not meant for that stuff and for her who wanted to kill damien dark and wanted her sister the whole entire time that is progress for sarah it's definitely we spent the hundredth arrow episode when we were discussing, well, we don't really know anything about Sarah before the gambit, huh? Mm-hmm. We never know, like, what her plans were. So, and it was something to hear her say, I will never have that life, like, have a love or a partner or a family of my own. Which, spoiler, she was wrong. She will. And so that, that was, like, a nice, on this a rewatch, is- a reaffirming thing. This is where um, we would have had the Ron Howard Arrested Development narration going. She, in fact, did get all those things. Mm-hmm. I do want to throw back here. <laughs> Sarah calls uh, Malcolm. Nah, don't talk to him, Stein. He's just Dark's errand boy. Ugh. We also get the great line, I take a nightmare that's, that's real over a daydream. That's it. That's a lot. And he goes, he goes, and then he goes, Where'd you learn this from? And she goes, I, where he goes, You learned that from um, Captain Hunter. And she goes, No, I learned that from you to Marty as he finds his his damnness to keep a secret from her. And Martin's like, Oh, I'm a hypocrite. But then we get to 
what now, my, one of go. my favorite scenes is Amaya um, rolling out. This is where she has that really great outfit. She's got this pantsuit on, the hat, hat, and she's she's got a machine gun. Instantly starts uh, when this car comes down the road that was on its way to Capone's. She just opens fire, and then Mick comes and joins in. It's a great scene of the two of them shooting it's guns. It's so good. It's listen. I'm not a gun person. Oh, but they were. But I love. I do love a good. I love. Do love some good cinematography. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I'm Clyde. She's Bonnie. Ugh. Like I was like. Now the question is, they writer, changed. You know what you were doing. You they knew. Changed- that hand begs the question of did Bonnie and Clyde take the name of Vic? So Bonnie and Clyde, um I have hang on, I'm doing some math for a sec. Maybe Mary knows the math. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde were around the twenties, I think. They this was about maybe a year or two before they died. They died in thirty four. Oh, oh, so a couple years before they died. A couple years before they died. Oh yeah, Tyler said Bonnie and Clyde too. I forgot about that. Um, and we did Bonnie and Clyde on uh, season five when it's all the assorted evil people from history. Oh yeah, we like Bonnie and Clyde. Apparently, classic. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about. I forgot about Bonnie and Clyde. That episode had a lot. It what did. episode was that again? Was that the one the... where they had all the evil people in a uh, Zari oh. play Cleopatra? Which... Oh yeah, with Enchantress. Um, that wasn't. No, that wasn't Ship Broken. That was a different one. That was the. I don't remember what it was. But I that think was... Enchantress showed up in that one for yes. the one time. I know what happened. We deserved more of her. Um, I do. I do love that they like killed Henry VIII right off in that episode. Right. Really. That was very sad. And Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And- Wait, did John mm. play Jack the Ripper? After- yes. We'll get to that in, in a year or so. So Mick and Amaya get in the car and Amaya goes, uh, aren't you forgetting something? No. What about Ray and Nate? Oh, uh, guys, we're, we're standing right here. <laughs> no, no, he goes, right those two up. dum-dums. Yeah. <laughs> we're get in the back. A- that- Listen, they- these are tall men. But they look very <laughs> small right here. So funny. And then it goes, oh, get in the back. Listen. Look, they deserve it after saying that listen, Nick had no let, brain. I'm going to say, listen, okay, here's me making my Star Wars reference. This is the same. This is, this is, this is like any situation in Clone Wars where Rex and Ahsoka had the brain cells and Anakin and Obi-Wan do not. Yes. Fair. Very much. And it does work because, I mean, Rey is Anakin Skywalker. Established. Canon. Uh, I will say, not a big fan of Stein calling Lily my full-grown human progeny. She didn't come out of my dish. No, sir, daughter is one word. (laughs) Child. Keep (laughs) spawn. This is when he's like uh, coming clean to Sarah. It's like I have, I made a mistake, a little oopsie, and now I have a child. And Sarah goes, I, a what? 
you I have this is child. more uh, more than an oopsie you told me i couldn't save laurel this is changing the timeline which you told us not to do and then she calls lily not real and i took offense to that well because also you have to remember stein literally yelled at her that whole time so, yes yeah yeah, yeah I, I i i know but this is lily and you know me i am the lily stein uh, yes i trash know panda but i, I kind of get where sarah's coming from too where he literally oh, yelled yeah. at her and was like a being a complete dick to her again martin stein is a hypocrite yeah he's so that, that's very established about his character his character is a is a hypocrite we're all hypocrites, but he it, it, his hypocrisy can be a defining characteristic of him. Yeah. He even starts, like, saying, but I have these memories of, like, nights I spent going down the street in her stroller, trying to get her to sleep, or the first time she smiled at me, or when she upset her teacher by singing the periodic table instead of the alphabet. That's, that was, that, that was a funny one. I'm like, I was like, you know what? You go, girl. Because then Sarah says, but those memories, they're not real because you didn't live that life. And he says, but the memories are real. I know that I love her. She's a part of him. And they're still having this little snippy argument, something about, well, you know, Damien Dark won't let us do something. Are my ears burning? Oh, not Damien. Oh, yeah. Sarah's Sarah's putting on her tough face like, no, I'm not gonna talk. You're you're dumb if you think you're gonna torture. But you we're not torture gonna torture me. you, duh. You so have that's, that's kind of the oh shit moment as the other shoe drops and realizes they're gonna take Martin to interrogate. Which again, they throw Martin against the jail cell doors and put out this needle and it reminded me of the needle of like yeah from Han Solo when they torture him and. You get it. Yeah. Are you saying Martin Stein is our Han Solo? <laughs> he would leave this me time, so This time. I mean, let's, Martin let's... Stein. Uh, I mean, I know we're going to talk about Star Wars a lot in the next episode, so <laughs> get ready. I, I always took him. He'd be more of a Star Trek man. We can't say that because then no, we make the No, I run. feel like he'd be a huge John Luke Picard fan. Barry's yes. gonna kill me for that one later. <laughs> but but Don't like again, that needle kind of reminded me of yeah, Empire Strike. Not Empire. Yes, I was Empire. Well, yeah, the, the torture droid. Yeah, the torture droid. But it is the same needle thing. It is the same probe droid. <laughs> but it's the same device thing that he's using to be Wells in season one. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, I I put the uh the specifications lower so it doesn't kill you, but you'll be in a little bit of pain. And in theory, it's like, oh, you bastard! You got him. Got him. It'll just be a little pain in theory. Yeah, uh, look me in the eye and tell me these villains are not gay coded. I dare you. <laughs> The queer coding is real. It is insane in this season. Not so much 
next season, but this season, I would argue, probably the most queer-coded villains. Well, next season, we have Malice, who... Malice on his own is fine. We get more dark. And we have Nora, obviously. And, and Kuasa. For a little bit, Kuasa. Kuasa never did anything wrong. You're right. Kuasa's never done anything wrong in her life. So, but like, Vandal Savage... That's my other special girl! Vandal Savage didn't get to be camp. He's too homophobic. He got to be camp in season four. He did. Because he went to therapy. We love one gay dad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'm getting off track. Mick gets back, uh, Mick and the rest of the crew show up, and the Capone men there say, hey, where's Tommy, so-and-so? Vinny. Vinny, what's up? Vinny's with your mother. <laughs> so funny. Your so mother. Juvenile. My cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. My cousin. Uh- <laughs> where's Marissa Tomei? I love he says that, and then they punch everybody. Mick refers to them all as partners have each other's backs. That was I really nice love that. And yeah, because they were arguing again, weren't they? And he was like, partners yeah. have each other's backs. Yeah. Amaya goes and frees Sarah, but, and that's when they find out, like, okay, they took Stein. We don't know where he is. Um, oh, this is where Nate found Capone's ledger. And it was probably the desk. Their area wasn't very organized, but the penmanship was exquisite. And Nick gets to hallucinate Leonard again as a fun little treat. Oh, you mean like, oh, did you get that for the kiss on the cheek? Jealousy! No, 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 no. that was later. That was later. This was the, this was the all, is this all worth it for for a skirt and a geezer? Oh, Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, and then he's oh, sorry. You want to talk about dying. your intentions? Of that skirt, huh? Huh? This is one of those where I'm like, that is a Mick hallucination. Because exactly. it is Leonard Snart speaking in Mick's vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And knowing how close Leonard and Sarah were, it was not. <laughs> Listen again. Regardless of how you interpret them, they were they had that they had a strong connection. They were ride or die, they were ride or die friends. I I feel like totally. Nick and Leonard had accepted Sarah into their inner circle. Yeah. Sarah was kind of Sarah wasn't like the level Nick was, but like Sarah and Leonard's relationship was a lot different than Leonard and Mix. And yeah. And I, I get, like, this whole hallucination thing is gonna go forward to what happens at the end of the series, this season. But it's like, it, it, he keeps on mentioning, like, don't sacrifice yourself like I did with me. Doing the right thing got got me killed. Killed, yeah. And the way that he refers to Amaya as the sweet little angel whispering in his ear. <laughs> I mean, it is very much like Mick trying to rationalize his own trauma or his own inner conflict to do yep. good, but yeah. also believing, like, doing good got, at the very least, my partner, however you took my partner, to, killed. And we have to remember, uh-huh. Mick had no time to mourn his loss. No. 
No. No time. He was given no time to mourn the fact that his best friend's gone. And then there was this time's Kronos too, and that's a whole They never mentioned that again. They never mentioned that. I mean, we don't I don't know how much how, how what he feels about his actions with um disintegrating people from the timeline essentially definitely a question of psyche too mick has mick trauma would be, mick would they... be a fast listen not mick would be a fascinating case study with his consent which he, he would, would never do. but like they never went into fixing any of that that's the one thing i am kind of mad about well martin tried but he did shit yeah. The damage. He did more damage. Snar ends up saying in the scene, like, you want to stay alive, listen to the devil. Something like I feel like they just write things just so um, Wentworth Miller as Snart can say them. I, I like that. He delivers um, every line with such relish. He, do- he Honestly, Wentworth Miller's delivery helped get Legends attention yes and then once it got the attention it was up for everyone else to act their asses off and they and they did come through with that uh i want to mention just quickly like the score in this episode the music is really jazzy oh yeah so it's uh, every time we do a little transition shot to running down the hallway it's always like some jazz solo going it's great (laughs) yes uh, we run into, we've caught everybody, we're running, and we find Capone. He's like, there are, you are, th- imagine how I feel having thieves on my property. The, you know, the, the doctor's- godfathery. It is, because he's, he's, they gave me some pills so I would calm down. But I've learned that killing makes me feel better. It's Let's give therapy. him some therapy. <laughs> this such is very Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> You you sound like Melissa on Abbott Elementary right now. That's all I want to be, honestly. You are a Philly 11. They managed to get too easy of a getaway. And Capone's like, so how was that, Mr. Doc? And Dark gives his approval. He's happy. Are you <laughs> sure? Are you sure Mr. Thorne's not going to kill us for doing this? That's so funny. For some reason, I found that entire exchange like, how did I do? That's great. How did I do there? This is our Pardegaton era part two. Pardegaton. Pardegaton? This is a really bad... I'm just making Al Capone New Yorker. I realize this. Oh, era. That's that's true. In my defense, I haven't been in Chicago for... Oh, Sorry, well, people. Okay, are... like at the city. I haven't been to the city of Chicago for a couple of years because thanks, pandemic. Sorry, people of Chicago. Um, Chicago. if you ever have a chance to go to Chicago, do go to the Art Institute. It's great. Also, I hope it's still um up and running. There's an American authors exhibit there. Nice. It's really great. <sighs> I have a notebook from there. I don't know where it is, but uh great place. Highly recommend going. Um, and of course, there's like the aquarium and the Natural History Museum and the Science Museum. You know, the cool stuff. So we feel like, oh, the episode's wrapped up very neatly, except for the how'd I do, Mr. You think Mr. Thorne will be proud? 
Uh, we get the line of, you and Rory got the team back together. Yay, Mick. Yep. Nate and Ray have a little bro hug. Bro hug. Um, and then Maya kisses him on the cheek. And that's when oh, Leonard's oh, like, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not here. We're not here. We're not... Damn it, Eden. Oh, you are really It's important. But Stein's Stein's walking in. He's like, oh, I feel a little like faint. Like it's also overwhelming. I have the vapors. Jack (laughs) is Jack is giving him the best. Jack's giving the best side eye. Shout out to Franz for that. That was a really good side eye. What is he knows? He's like he knows because he can read his mind. He's like he's like oh Sarah, I have the vapors right now. I need to sit down and have a cool. (laughs) The <laughs> what? And then he comes up with the great idea of, well, why don't I go look at the amulet? Because if they want it so badly, I maybe I can find something. And Jax is still like, he knows. <laughs> he knows. I don't know. He knows. That he's like, sure, look into that. And then you see him on security feed and around. And then that's when. Mick's getting a beer. Amaya walks in. He says, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and- sorry you didn't get a chance to kill the guy that killed your boyfriend. <laughs> She's asking justice, not vengeance, but says, and he and she, he says, being a bad guy suits you, which is kind of interesting foreshadowing, but I think now yeah. for Ooh. coming episodes. Oh, so true. Kind of which make, which has too. me wondering some things now. Um, but we also get a nice little hug right here. Well, she, cause she brought him. No, no, loose. she didn't bring his, No, that's the end. She oh, that's right. right. The end. Like, but, um, Mick goes and, um, let, and, and Force goes, Leonard is back again, being a bitch. Jealous um, hell. Leonard comes and like, I smell some heterosexual nonsense going on. Fuck. You. You 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 just lost your husband and you're fucking with her. That's very Lestat of him. What's it next? Really Long walks Lestat. on the beach. I know we get. Can we interrupt for one second? I love that after Mick gets this actual genuine hug from Amaya, he goes, "I'm hungry." <laughs> That's yes! me. That's such a mood. But I, I love that Mick says she's just a friend, the one friend I have, because you went and got yourself killed. That speaks volumes so much right there that he considers Amaya a friend. There's no mention of Sarah. There's no mention of Ray. There's no mention of Nate because those three were like again, it was so easy to turn because again, nobody was being his friend. It's all being to him so Maya was his one genuine friend the whole damn time everybody was just like Mick you stupid idiot but Jax is but while Mick's arguing with his with his mind again um Jax is watching the cameras and he sees Martin is standing in the library it's and it's very he's I mean it's not like he's looking at the camera but it's definitely there's something very unsettling going on. And then the next thing you know, Martin disappears into red lightning. He's got there's the red zoomies. lightning going all over. He's got the zoomies. 
<laughs> go it's red like, lightning you know you got the courtroom huh? <laughs> it's a very like, oh crap moment and Jax realizes it and he is immediately trying to get Sarah on like Sarah stay out of the library as Obviously, Sarah's going um, in it's face off now he has his face yeah you know what I don't know how Sarah didn't hear Jax I don't know if she had her content on and off, but you can already tell there's some tension going on. Because he just told him he had a daughter. Yeah, and Sarah wants to talk about it. He's like later. And he and Martin De- and well fake Mark fake Marty, who we know is now Eobard, brushes her off. You know what though? Because he looks genuinely surprised. He he wait, daughter. And you know what? I was like thinking. When I first saw this episode that they were going to use Lily Stein against somehow because they found out he had a daughter and they never did it. And But Jax went to go get Ray and Nate to help out. This is a great line. And and Jax bursts in. Stein's trying to kill Sarah in the library. With a rope or a candlestick. It, it was kind of it was like you wanted to rage in your sleep. Uh, they they watched Clue several times. You dumb, handsome man. That, listen, that's a very accurate description for both of them. Mm-hmm. They, they got the head smarts, not the street smarts. Nope. Jax is here like, get me the speedster guns. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give it to me now. And for good reason, too, because, um, Nate goes in there, the library, and it's um have you guys ever been in a situation where like you're in a room alone with someone and you do not feel safe and then someone comes in to bail you yes. out? Yes. That's what that scene felt like because I've had to do that. Like I've done that for people before. Um and I had someone do that for me once or twice. Not very often, but it's like that's like what the scene made me think of like and Nate is that person for Sarah he is and she's about to get out of there and he's like I'm sure everything's fine he grabs her arm and it's like uh, yeah. Stein, gra- Stein grabs her arm says, Stein. everything's fine Sarah uh, I'm sure so- Jax can handle himself when do you call him Jax, Jax. And, and like honestly Jax but I feel like she should have known because he was being very hedgy about Lily too. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he was questioning my daughter because Eobard doesn't know, which is probably honestly for the better because we know <laughs> what Eobard likes to do to family members. He has killed Nora Allen. He threatened Joe West by putting a knife in Iris's picture. Again, he would have used Lily against them. The most somehow. insane man. Mm-hmm. But then uh, he's the uh, he gets the zoomies again because he's like, "Well, jigs up." And then he he says the line of, "Does he have a line like in a rush to die? Are we?" I don't remember, but um, he's he's heading off. Um, he needs Jack to get home to his husband. Shoots him. With the yeah. gun, and it was it was not a very tense moment when it's like okay you think okay yay Jack's got him but 
it no, didn't work. Not. The effects are temporary. And again, we get our second um, hit on Jack's this episode again. So he's already been like beat up by the cops a little bit. He's been roughed up. Then Eobard puts him in a chokehold against Damn the Eobard. wall. So, yay for that happening. Yeah, he also goes to... That's when he says, are you in a rush to die? Because he's like, yeah, that's why yes. he said it. He's got the red lightning in his eyes. He's looking very And then, crazy. like, he's got the crazy eyes. Here they come to save the day. Oh, I love this. Because we're like, hmm, ship doors are opening. It's not good. Cabin door opening. That's really not good. Yeah, because... Um, well, actually, before that, because we had Ray was actually on Jackson's shoulder, right? He and he just like he pulls an Ant Man and just yeah. hits in the face, doesn't do much because then Eobard gets into the bridge and basically seals himself inside, operates Gideon, which he does know how to do to open the cargo bay doors, and that's when the plan all falls together that it's an ambush. I love this scene of Merlin strolling motion in. At the oh, yeah. Motion he's at got the Wave Rider door. His Capone boys with him. Uh-huh. And it's like, John they're Miller. all yours, so boys. Kill anyone that. you see. John Barrowman oh, yeah. looks good in that suit, too. Like, Everyone looks so good in this episode. Amaya realizes that Rex Killer is on there. I have a lot of after... emotions about this moment. After, well, actually, it's like Amaya's going to hall, down the hall and Nick pulls her aside. And Amaya's concerned about the gangsters, but then the red lightning goes by and Nick's like, We got bigger fish to fry, honey. And that's when it hits Amaya. This is the jerk. This is the jackal who killed Rex. I love that line. And I think there is a part of Mick that's like, Well, I don't want her to kill him or because she might get angry. We don't know. No. He's trying to protect do, her in a way. She does ask Mick here, what would a criminal do? Run. <laughs> Run. Mick comes up um, with a great plan, though. Yeah. Because then he's pretending to take stuff from his like little cachet of stolen goods. And he's like exactly. turning around. And he's like, I'll take that. And it's not in there. Because Mick's smart. It's not in there. Amaya gets to shoot him with the speedster gun. And... I mean, all this, I mean, this is going on while Sarah and Malcolm are having their nice, their this fight. Is a which great fight. I said this before, but I um, do the laugh, Earthers... though. I, there's a couple times I did see the stunt double instead of the actors. Yeah. That's, that's when they have as legends. It's fine. Um, all the Aragorn shows really knew how to do choreography oh, and yeah. fight exceptionally well. I like the line of, Sarah, like I've given, well, he, there's a couple of great exchanges in this. The first oh, one God, is, is like, one that- I told you, like such a, like I could have taught you that. <laughs> she says, "Those who cannot do, teach." Yeah, that was said in such a Yoda way. <laughs> yep, I've heard that. But also the great one when he like catches uh, her arm and says, "I could have, like, I offered you something better, a better life than this." And she says, "I already found a better life, one without you in it." Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, While this is going on, uh, <laughs> Ray and Nate have gone, uh, or no, they face the, they're in the hallway. They're with the mobsters. 
So they try to shoot at him. They're both bulletproof. Doesn't work. And then Nate does the worst Sean Connery accent that I will also try and do. Like, it's not like a thug brings a Tommy gun. I can't. You gotta talk through your teeth if you're doing Sean Connery. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, no, that's not working. I don't think we can. Fight. Any of us could do. Now we can't. Galore, something it's like okay. that. It's okay. Nick Zano doesn't either. How? It's he it's. Does, he does his Arnold voice. We much recognize better. though. We recognize it. Like, they, yeah, they get blasted great. though. <laughs> the game officers get blasted. Um, Sarah is about to slit. Malcolm's throat if he doesn't say where Stein's being held. Um, I will I will give him your location if you give me something back. He wants they I'll want give you it. an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> but also Fawn was about to kill Amaya too. Yes. Yeah. We can't forget that, but he stopped because at a lot it's funny how we use alarms in this episode because we have the alarm that's alerting them of the aberration. Whereas Martin thought it was a minor threat, it was actually something pretty major. We see the alarm going off again, and we don't know what it's for, but we later find on out it is for something major. Mm-hmm. Something and life-threatening. We don't see what he's taken right away, but we do see Stein at the pier. <laughs> Same place we put Ness. I love he puts everybody out. in the water and he goes, I've killed a lot of people, but never a professor. And I've never watched a professor before. <laughs> we're moving up in life. life. We're moving up, boys. <laughs> Let's go we get them. Um, we them, boys. <laughs> we sound like JFK. <laughs> we do. We are not voice actors. Uh, we save Stein. Stein's like, oh, how did you... F-? Well, because Sarah puts knives in the other two Capone guys. Capone leaves. Capone does yeah, that. I got to scram. Coward! Hey. <laughs> he does his Zoidberg and scuttles away. And Stein asks, well, what did you have to... How'd you find me? And she said, I had to I had to give them the ambulance. How'd you do that? You had to change... You changed history... I Maybe learned his- some things are more important than history, like family. Oh, we do have um. After that, a transition. We so we're a commercial break. Road of a curve when it's aired live. We see that Elliot S is being dropped off in a park that looks um not really anything like. Sh- well, I mean, kind of would have to consider it. Probably this the is the twenties. There were wait, more wait. trees back then in no, Chicago. It's literally the same park that we saw Robo Sarah in. That's that park. Again, it's a CW. They live in it's, all the fam- filming is taking place in Vancouver. We use the same field. We use the same prison cells. The same tourist. Um, listen, that bunker was probably the same place where they used to film the JSA episode. Probably. But or or where Crow Toan is, whatever. Oh, that that probably even the Casnian prison cell too. Um, but Ray and Nate they hand over Capone's ledger to Elliot Ness, and as they're walking away, they're wondering, it's like, hey, if we get it to now, how come it takes four years for them to put Capone away? The federal government. 
And they yep. are so right about they're that. So right. Right. They're so right. They're so, so right. They're so right. Right. That's so right. Just but now here's the part so you're right. excited for, Eden. Mick still seen snart. <laughs> he kisses and... on the cheek and somebody gets jealous. Like, Amaya comes in, gives him the bottle of booze that she said, oh, I listened to this from Capone's warehouse. And he's impressed. Right before this is when, like, we open Mick's getting a beer and Snart's being snippy. Then Amaya, oh, he says, shut up. And Amaya goes, excuse me? Uh, who are you talking Who are you talking to? Nobody. nobody. I wanted to say in that scene, they do a really quick wide cut for just a second to show you there really is nobody there. Yeah. Yes. And then she gives him the booze and the little kiss. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, did you do this all for a kiss on the cheek? That's jealousy. So jealous. But also, this is where Maya says, you aren't a bad guy. But she said, you were right. It's more fun to be a bit. again it's like these are two people who have such opposite views and upbringings and experiences and I think that's what makes their friendship really a lot of fun to look into it also sets up I know that Amaya and Nate will be the ship and I am aware that Mick and Amaya was never going to be the ship but god damn, this gave me expectations. You know what, though? Is it so good? Considering the age difference, That's... it would have not been good. Yeah, it would have never <laughs> but worked But it's out. so good. <laughs> it's, the they energy. are the ships passing in the night. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. If this had... This would have... Uh, so anyway, um, Martin is put... But after we see Mick and Amaya, we also see Martin, who's clearing up the mess that Eobard thought left behind. And he's still surprised that Sarah traded the amulet for his life. And that's what Sarah says. And that's that sweet thing where she's like, I learned that we're all family and I want to protect our family. And that includes your family. And she goes, what's your daughter's name? And he goes, Lily. And she's like, Lily's just such a pretty name. But yeah, some things are more important than... Um, the timeline. It's been history, and I, I do I love that. Love, that. Yeah, I also love. She goes, "We're a family, a messed up family." But we're... anyway, the Legion of um, right. <laughs> right before we get to those men, uh, do we mention one of the last things Mick says to Len is, "I'll be yeah. dead like you." Yeah, yeah. We're just like we got to put that out there because it hurts. Yeah, because on because Mick Mick just he Mick's scared. Well, again, he's grieving I and he's scared. Feel like he has a nihilistic tendency mm-hmm. to want. It's like the same thing when he he was uh, doing the bomb and he was gonna just kill himself, but he was undoing the bomb in the Reagan episode. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. looking to die. He's self destructive. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's like um when it's it's not like it's not actively suicidal but it's kind of you've stopped caring about what happens to you it is a form of self-harm yeah yeah in a way what he does not a fun place to be no um, and then we head back to 
Legion of Friends with Benefits. Oh my god. Kate, you said queer coding earlier. You are incredibly right. Yeah. Because, wow, this is some queer coding stuff. Now, I mm-hmm. love it, and I eat every little bit of it up. But, um, he, Thawne says Malcolm is more than just a pretty face. It's like, oh, I, I am a lit in two pieces. More than just a pretty face. Yep. I love where he goes, what is this? <laughs> um, planetarium Portable plants. Planetarium. Or not Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, Aobard's face, it's like, oh, portable planetarium is like, do not talk to me right now. And that's... You know what? It wasn't a bad guess. Dark got plucked out of the 80s. He doesn't have the um, 40 plus years of knowledge to make... He has old man mentality. Yeah, he does. He has old boomer mentality. They made Dark sense. So we have a boomer... We have a boomer, an archer with an archer with revenge issues, and well, he's like in the running. And then you have Aobard Thawne, who is the most insane man who has ever lived. But um, he then, but Eobard, being big brained, asks them if they've ever heard of the Spear of Dust. I said Malcolm. I didn't think you were gonna say brain. I do love. What that. did you think I was gonna say? I do love the fact that Damien Dark knows this because, again, in real life, we know that um, Neil uh, a Christian, so it's fun that he gets to say yes. that it was like the spear that went through Jesus. I the thought of that too. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool for him. I'll talk more in a later episode. I'll do some more research on Spear of Destiny. It was a big thing in DC Comics during the 40s with yeah, the JSA. I, I feel like in in regular history, they were more interested in the shroud than the spear. There's a whole lot of stuff yeah. you can find. <laughs> like, it's the MacGuffin of the spear. It is. Because we've learned that what the Spear of Destiny can do is rewrite reality yeah and so they so in order to find it that's the complicated part because they need to go visit someone who damien had a brief contact with so then we cut to um somebody running really fast we cut to a man in a trench coat running around it's hard to see it's dark but the guy takes a header over a trash can and then you hear this loud American accident. Cut! And we see Phil Clemmer. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. We don't know he's Phil yet. So, sorry. We see Rip Hunter looking like a 60s man. Look, he looks he is, like Shaggy. I even Phil Clemmer said it. he's supposed to be Phil Clemmer. I love it. Phil Clemmer the Twi'lek? Yes, it's Phil Clemmer the Twi'lek. I will never stop making that joke ever. Well, next week we're going to talk about it a lot. So, but we find out it's in LA, 1967. Um, Rip is just telling them you got to move the trash cans. We see that the guy who was chasing is in this really weird little spaceman suit, he's clearly directing something, and that's where we left off. For our winter finale. And we didn't know it was coming next. Yeah, the last bit is just 
Rip Hunter in a very American accent going, do it again. There's no indication that he knows who he is, though, too. There's, no. he's, he's very, it's not, he, there's, we don't see Rip Hunter when we look at him. This is a great mid-season finale. Oh, yeah. What was our mid-season in? Our mid-season was Night of the Hawk, which was a absolute bad episode. We don't talk about that one. Good mid-season cliffhanger (laughs) bad episode. Yep. We don't talk about the Night of the Hawk, please. No. (laughs) That's where this episode concludes. And... Yeah. So, any final thoughts we happen to have? This is a fun episode. I love any time we go to the 20s. I love the musical Chicago. How do we not have all that jazz playing in the background? And then he ran into my space speed gun. And then he He ran ran into it ten times. And then he ran in front of my gun. He ran in front of it two times. Oh, they're coming. He did have it coming. But I love that finally we get set up the Legion of Doom. These three characters who are already established in the Arrowverse. And Legends will break away from the rest of the Arrowverse pretty shortly after, like by the third season. It's the, did, the crossovers are clean break, I feel. Yeah, I, I, I do have fun with these three guys, though. They're like probably two of my favorite villains. I don't really like Eobard, though. The Eobard's first... a prick. He's, he an, a, he's a villain who I ha- who is completely irredeemable, and I'm glad they never tried to redeem him. He's a character you really enjoy to hate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, every time he's on the screen, you're like, damn it. But you're also kind of excited to see him be evil. He's my Admiral Rampart. <laughs> you're so real. <laughs> Yeah. I'm thinking this um we want to give like some just brief thoughts on the first half of the season. I definitely think it's a lot weaker than the second half. Yeah. Yeah, cuz usually the first half of the season is spent working is spent working through the cliffhanger up to our current plot line. But yeah, it'll be working through just uh, what what you said. And I think sometimes that hinders the show depending on what yeah. season it is. I think season four is the opposite, where at the first half of season four, I really like, and the second yeah. half doesn't connect the same oh, way. Oh, yeah. The, the second, because we had a long hiatus between mm-hmm. those. We had a four-month hiatus. I, oh, God. That that was, and that was not a good time in my life. That just, that just came about another, woo, hello. Um, but I will say, in terms of the first half, I think this was a stronger first half than um, season one's first half. Because by now, and it does help that by now we know these characters. You know, we still have episodes that are not aging well. And that's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. typical of any TV show. But um, the way we have Amaya and Nate are pretty integrated in the team. Nate more so than Amaya is dealing with integration. Because I'm sorry, I'm just so sick of seeing Amaya get benched all the time. No, I agree. The fact that they don't let Amaya do as much in the first season, or at least, I, not first season, she's not there, uh, the first half of this season, because she objectively has the cooler powers. Exactly. 
and Nate is really like I know we get introduced with Nate with Out of Time and he's great in that episode but it feels like there's this uneven of introducing two new characters and we yeah. don't have to spend enough time with both of them and I think also it's really interesting having someone from the past I mean that would be like if you had that would be like having Rosalind Franklin as a lab partner in mm-hmm. the tr- because like wow, you know, like, she has to go back to her life at some point. And that's the same situation with Amaya, like, you know she's gonna have to go back, but it's really interesting, like, seeing this part, seeing this kind of, like, part of her history, and how it, like, we I know, like, she's on a timer, and I do feel like in this, like, in the second season, we start to see her not so rigid, rigidly strapped to her history this is it's kind of her era where she wants to run and live her own life she we're not at her feeling that pressure yet to follow her timeline and this episode does give in that way a really nice balance to everyone i think yeah amaya is benched and she should but she gets those scenes with mick she gets those scenes with other people and i feel like in this episode is we talk a lot legends is problems are its pacing and then sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't use their characters enough yeah and and i think this episode improves with seasons and that will improve and i think it always changes when they get a new character like try to feel uh their way through it but this one i feel like everyone's got a good amount of screen time and the last little cherry on top snark coming back even if we don't know like first watch through we are like oh it's just a part of mick's brain what's going on but just to see him again that's nice it's it's it it helps because um, the snark snips have returned yeehaw um at the end of season one i feel like that was a very everyone was shocked i remember it was a really, it was a real, we were everyone surprised and just kind of left up. There wasn't closure, I guess, is the word, is the best word I could say. Mm-hmm. But this season and the, and 3A give us that snark closure that we needed. Snowsure. Snowsure. Also, again, um, I think back to earlier episodes we talked about. What would have happened if um, Jonah Hex had come on the Wave Rider, or if um, Masako had come on the Wave Rider, and just imagine what things would have been like then? That's a really fun concept to imagine. Breaking news, seen... guys! Breaking news! Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Doom Patrol is ending, and so is Teen Titans. Ah, uh, dang! There any Doom Patrol? Nope. Literally, they killed all of DC people. DC, okay, so DC is dead. DC makes it so hard to be a fan. On on this Wednesday, on this Wednesday, January twenty fifth. I don't have my phone with me right now, so that's why I didn't notice. So, um, well, I am definitely going to be committing to my Vox Machina brain rot and my Bad Batch brain rot even more now. (laughs) I'm just gonna go back into my Hannibal hole. Well, the podcast is still going. The podcast is always still going to go. We are um, always here to talk about the good of DC because, God, we need scraps. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if the Legends had ever had to fight those 
butt things on Doom Patrol. I have to watch the rest of Doom Patrol. That would have been great. That's the only crossover we needed. That's the crossover. That's we. I need. Um, we need the. We need the. We need both disaster teams meeting. Also, we almost had it. Oh. Also, Cliff Steele making a Riverdale joke is everything. And now, welcome back to Spooky Time with Eden. Ooh, bring out your Ouija boards and your crystal balls. Anyway, we are talking today about Eastern State Penitentiary. You ask Eden, why are we talking about Eastern State Penitentiary? It is because Al Capone, when he had brought a steel 38 caliber revolver into a movie theater, spent time at Eastern State Penitentiary for one year. Now, Eastern State Penitentiary made it really nice for Al Capone there because the, he had all the trappings of home there. Yes, ma'am. May I ask a question? Sure. Is it, is it still a museum there? Like, I've yeah. heard you can go. Yes, you cannot go. I was going to go last year, but then things happened, so I didn't get to go. But one day I will. You can actually Let's take... all go. Yes. Yes. You can actually go on a ghost tour there. Ooh. Yeah. Spooky time. I remember, bu- I remember busting it's all doing So, so this is supposedly one of the most haunted jails in the eastern part of America. There have been both disembodied voices. Ooh. A cloaked man running up and down the hallway. And they even say Al Capone himself might be there. <sighs> anyway, during an episode of Ghost Hunters, if anybody has ever watched that show, they went to Eastern State Penitentiary and they have caught, they caught a black shadow going up and down the hall of the jail cell. Now, during Halloween, they do have apparently a haunted house at the Eastern State Penitentiary. I don't know if they're still doing it with COVID, but they did have it where they had spooky times of actors popping out of you in the jail. Now, they're still actually uh-huh. trying to fix the jail because it's kind of like crumbling apart. Been around for a very long time. So they're in the midst of revitalizing it, which they're saying is bringing up more activity, my friends. So if you ever mm-hmm. have the chance to go, I would bring your EVP, your ghost boxes, anything you want to do a little ghost hunting. Because you might just meet a ghost of a former prisoner. I love it. Or Al Capone himself. And that spooky time. I like it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's all go. Yes. I I've almost been to Waverly Hill Sanatorium. <gasps> and I'm not that far and and I'm probably a day's drive. I probably about so rankings, right? Yes. Kate. Do you want to do the ranking first today? Where do you put this on your list? Okay, so this episode, I kind of forgot a little bit about it, but I would say um, 
I don't have my notebook. I, I don't uh, have my. Oh, I know. Sorry. I, I have my pencil. My promise. I have my notebook. I don't have my pencil. So then I would say this one is just above out of time for me now. Out of time has been dethroned for this episode. So my new order, my new order is um, the Chicago Way, Out of Time, Compromise, Shogun, Outlaw Country, Invasion, JSA, and Abominations takes that bottom place spot. Nothing is changing that. I don't think anything will ever change in <laughs> No, I'm actually going with Kate's. Um, I think I'm going to Kate's order here. But Chicago Way is definitely one of my favorites because Leonard Stone does. <laughs> that's, that's a good argument. <laughs> but no, there's also the emotional pain of uh, Vic that I always enjoy because I like when they get down and gritty about a character. And of course, the mm-hmm. introduction of our third Legion of Doom member. And I think I'm on the same track with all of you. I think Chicago Way does edge out out of time just enough. Out of time is a spectacular episode. All those reasons you guys mentioned Chicago Way and more. I love villains of a show so much. So I love getting, uh, we finally get to see our villains. They have great chemistry. They really set up as a nice foil to the legends. Like it's one team versus another. And, you know, gotta love a good Chicago. Yeah, and I definitely know this is going to be dethroned because there's other episodes there's a lot of good episodes. Yeah, oh, out. yeah. We have the Leash of Doom. We have Raiders oh. of Lost Art. We have Doom World, the Fellowship Turn of Sphere, Aruba. So much more. Trade, to no, Turncoat. Turncoat. Yeah. Land of the Go. Lost. Lots of great stuff. And then uh, just in my order, I have Chicago Way, Out of Time. I put Outlaw Country next. And then our episode of the crossover invasion. Then compromised Shogun JSA Abomination. Abomination's gonna be like, oh, he's left. I think this may be. I this would be fun. We should do our worst episodes. Oh, rank those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll we'll have to. That's gonna be hard. That's gonna be hard. (laughs) Oh yeah. Hard. I think that will do it for us this week. Any other notes, my friends? Oh, the Chicago way, baby. Our episode. Oh. Our episode next week is one of the best episodes. Ooh, thank oh, you for reminding oh. me. Oh, that episode. That next episode. week, do not drink. Uh, if you play, drink along to the podcast every time they talk about Star Wars. Well, Don't. die. Drink some water. Take shots of water. You will die next week. Hydrate. Because next week, we get to see the team reunite with Rip Hunter, who's not quite Rip Hunter, but we also get to see the derailment of George Lucas. We will which be on, derailed. Which, when you episode. think about, which, when you think about, what also caused the derailment of Dave Filoni? And you know what? <laughs> this would cause the derailment of us. The derailment of Kalazem. No. I don't think America would be the same if Star Wars hadn't happened. Star Wars hadn't happened. Or if Indiana Jones. There would be no Barris. There would be no Ghost. There would be no Dr. Jones. 
There would be no and, bad And batch. Harrison Ford in his hot, hot fedora. There would be no clothes! Uh, so next and, week, we will shall right, have a no guest. No Skywalker, though! Next week, we'll, we'll have one of our favorite, one of our a special guests with us. We, we love will. Star Wars yes. just as much as we do. Also, um, stay tuned to see whether or not we actually do government-assigned Star Wars characters for each legend. Oh God, that's gonna be hard. Let's do it. Let's do. It. I listen. I already gave some suggestions in the chat. So we can't wait to see you all next week. So glad to be back. Talking legends. You can always email us at legends of next week at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at week legends. That's week like days of the week, not physically week. And you can also find us legends of next week on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're always around. If you want to send us some dumb things or memes, or you just want to yell at us because you think our rankings are wrong, please go yell ahead. I should I should post more memes anyway. I have a fun one about us. I'll always talk about the honorable ones. <laughs> That's gonna come up. What that won't come up till moonshot. Yeah, that's gonna come up for Moonshot, no doubt. And with that, I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. And I'm Kate. And we will see you some other week. Bye, guys. Bye!